This is Two Beer Marketing, a series from Open Box Strategies about the challenges and triumphs of website design and online marketing. We're taking the hassle out of connecting with your audience online, all while enjoying our favorite beers. So pop a cold one and join us for this Two Beer Marketing podcast. I am uh, Ryan Brock. Uh, my company is Metonymy Media, which uh, always begs a pronunciation out loud because people never know how to read it and you'd be shocked how many times I get mail that is sent to just straight up the wrong company. But that's neither here or there. Um, I'm the founder and CEO. We're about four years old. And uh, I hire creative writers. Um, that's that's what I do. That's what the company does. What we do for our clients is um, anything that involves the written word that we can privatize, basically. So it runs the gamut from simple editorial services, copywriting, copy editing, um, you know, and, and as advanced or simple as that is um, for different people. We do a lot of things uh, in that realm that are very, very simple and a lot of things that are uh, three months long involved processes to write something really, really big and complex. We also do uh, uh, training. We do writing workshops where we train um, professionals to be better. Uh, some of those are uh, are just about um, like writing in general uh, for people who aren't writers or don't have to write really that much for their job but still need to look competent. Um, and other ones are specifically about marketing um, and writing for different mediums and things like that. And we uh, we also do content marketing. So we take all of that stuff and put it together for some clients and do, um, you know, the entire spectrum of what is involved with digital content marketing. As an organization that, that does content marketing for its clients, definitely that's that's how what we do at Openbox. That's what you do. Do you find it's hard to do it for yourself, for the company? Oh, yeah. Yeah, um, this is something, you know, I think when we have a client paying bills, you know, they're always going to come first, right? And, um, you know, we're, we're over four years old now. Um, so the first several years of the business, we grew sheerly from referrals. Like, I didn't know what I was doing at all when I started this company. I fumbled into it. I was looking, you know, I, I'm... I'm Nick, you know this. I'm a very philosophical guy. My head's always in the clouds. So for me, my mission is create opportunities for creative writers outside of teaching and publishing, right? That's what my mission is. But then what that translates to on a day-to-day -day basis has evolved with the industry and with the opportunities that have come our way. So one of the first clients I get is, uh, you know, I'm doing freelance copywriting for uh, content marketing pur purposes before content marketing was really a thing people talked about. And so I spent the first several years of this company, which originally I thought was just going to be like a copywriting firm, copywriting agency, something like that, um, and learned that all of those little things that go into making an effective content marketing strategy that actually results in lead generation and sales and growth for a company those were things that we understood implicitly as writers and that we've had enough experience working with other agencies who were doing it to do it better than most of them. Most of the people who were hiring us to write the content, uh, we were better at the whole thing. So we started doing it. Um, long story short, I was just sort of like stumbling along from one thing to another, one project to another. So about a year ago, uh, that's when I finally decided, you know, I need to bring someone in onto the team who really can focus on developing the business in a, strategic way in a more tactical way i guess you know going out day to day actually networking with people actually actively trying to grow the business um and so because of the fact that we were growing accidentally at first and then we've been growing intentionally but in a very business development feed on the ground way the last year 
um, our, our own digital content, like our own content marketing, our digital presence has been very back burner for us for a long time. So I've just very recently in the last six months, uh, been able to, as the, the CEO, step back you know i spent the first few years of the business building up the actual creative arm of the the business and how that works and getting people to own that and then it was the business side now i can really focus on marketing so way longer answer than you probably were expecting to that question but yes it took a long time and it was embarrassing the whole way for us to tell people clients you know hire us to do this for you that's going to do wonders for your marketing but they go on our website and the last blog we published was like six months ago and it was for a job position that's been filled, you know, and it's just right. completely pointless. The company's four years old. You say you do content marketing. You started out doing content marketing, but you probably didn't call it that because if you did, people would look at you sideways and say, I'm going to pay you to write blogs and that means people are going to like my business. Right. I mean, it wasn't content marketing, I don't think, when we started doing it four years ago, or at least it was, but it was a lot of the content we were writing was being used just very practically uh, as sales collateral. You know, you have sales teams who are in need of emails and, and things to qualify leads. So like some, some clients that we've started with, it, I think the processes and the best practices of content marketing as we know it today, were starting to evolve. So we were there at the ground floor. Like we really got in at the right time, uh, I think, to where, you know, as, as, as a, an agency and as uh, people in relationships with smart marketers at companies that are hiring us, we were starting to figure out, okay, you know, if we, if we start really looking at the blog as a specific tool with a specific utility and we look at, you know, brochure pages on the website as a specific tool with a specific utility and emails and case studies and downloadable pieces of content and things like that, we start seeing this funnel, you know, this web that, that emerges and it becomes content marketing. So for years it was like we were doing the individual pieces of that, right? And that's what people were doing. I think it took a while. Really, it was that and SEO, um, which again, content has inherited the keys to the SEO kingdom in a really big way. Um, we have partner agencies that are the first to admit that, you know, where they were really technical with SEO three years ago and could make a lot of money doing it without someone like us, they couldn't anymore. So like there was a time where a lot of our money was coming from people who were just getting started with what we call content marketing. Now, a lot of our money was coming from very large search engine optimization companies who were in some ways kind of black hat, but in some ways white hat to the really, sh uh, uh, do I need to censor my lay it on me myself? Okay, it's so the really shitty algorithms that existed, you know, um, back in the day to where, you know, SEO, you, you get your top search rankings by publishing just a metric ton of content on your domain. And so the big companies, the really big national brands were winning at everything because all it took was just pay a bunch of people to write a bunch of content. Doesn't matter how good it is, doesn't matter what it does, doesn't matter if it actually accomplishes anything. All that matters is it's out there. It's got five instances of this keyword that we want you to use in it, and it links to two other websites and the website we actually want to send people to. So, I mean, there was a time where not, not only our services, but the way we presented ourselves, the way we sold our products was very commoditized, and we were making thousands of dollars uh, a month just selling that kind of blog content to SEO companies. So it was really for us, as far as like the content marketing picture goes, learning what worked and what didn't, 
watching the technology kind of converge with that philosophy and then creating an opportunity to do the whole thing as one package. From a, from a corporate culture standpoint, if you're trying to build uh, uh, opportunities for creative writers that aren't, that isn't teaching or being a starving artist, but then you come in and you have kind of a, you have a mundane client with a mundane product and you're saying, I want you to spin six articles about that. Was that a challenge? To maintain that? Yeah, to an extent, that's probably a better question for, you know, my content managers who are the ones carrying the brunt of that yeah. from day to day. But like the way that we work culturally, um, first, people ask us, is there like a specific industry or type of client you like to work with? And the answer is no. We want to work with someone who's open to the idea of actually engaging their audience, not writing things that they see their competition writing, not saying the things they feel like they should say to be professional, but writing content that people are going to connect with and enjoy and have some sort of emotional or intellectual response to. So that has you know, not always been the case because we've grown so much by referrals and things in the past, but we've spent a lot of time in the last year or so focusing on working with clients who might be in really mundane industries. They might be doing things that are, you know, professional services or uh, elevator maintenance or things that don't sound completely interesting right out the gate. But we work with people who are interested in the idea of actually building something worthwhile. And so it, it's, it's not, I don't think the boringness of the job is so much the problem as much as it is the challenge of sitting the team down saying, look, this is, the, this is the, the subject matter. Here's what we see in the analytics, the kinds of content that this company's audience has been really liking the most. Let's see what we can do. I've, I've always said that you know, people think to be creative, to be a creative writer, to be a creative of any kind, is to be just able to take a blank page, a blank screen, whatever, and just fill it with all these wonderful things. To me... Um, the most successful storytellers, the most successful artists of any kind are people who have really understood how to grasp on to a structure of some kind, whether it's a style of painting, a style of music, you know, you look at Shakespeare, you know, the sonnets and the plays he wrote, there were reasons for that. There were reasons that the rhymes went the way they did. There were reasons why every poem was written to be a mirror image of the other poem, but the reasons those people were successful was within those boundaries, within the structure, within the limitations they set for themselves. Um, there's like a really big freedom. And so I think we tend to view what we do for our clients the same way. We might have some really weird subject matter based or, you know, even legal based restrictions on what we can write, but there's room for fun if you can really try within there. Well, content marketing and that, theory of it, the whole idea of building relationships and providing compelling, entertaining information work for any organization? You're saying you'll work with anybody. So will it work for anybody? That's a good question. I think B2B is obviously where this does the best because it's less about advertising and traditional advertising methods don't really work that well anymore in B2B. Um, so you need to educate, you need to equip people, you need to inform them. You need to be there in the moment that they're asking the kinds of questions that signal that they need who you are. So I think the content marketing works there. B2C, I think it absolutely does work as well, but advertising is still not as difficult of a nut to crack in that realm. So I don't know, I don't know. I, I, I think in theory it could work for everyone. It's just the, a matter of 
what elements do you bring in and what ones do you not use, I guess? Well, if you have a small, uh, small family run lifestyle business, they, it's going to be a really hard sell from your company standpoint to convince them to invest not nothing on a monthly basis. And it's an overtime thing. You want probably commitments that are going to be six months because this isn't something that you snap your fingers and you see results tomorrow that, that it's going to work, especially because it's kind of conceptual too. It's not that direct sell and people who have been stuck in that mindset. It's almost impossible to make that jump from writing blogs. And I guess I'd argue, I know metonymy focuses on writing, but content marketing should be more than just posting. Yeah. Um, that guy can be a hard sell. And that's something with open box we've, we've run into. Um, but I think more and more people realize that even though the, the internet has made everything free and available to everybody that doesn't, good stuff still gets noticed. Well, yeah, because it, you know, it it seems overwhelming to think that like, whether you're talking about written content or, you know, visual stuff, videos, music, whatever it is, um, there's more being published every day than, you know, entire decades of human history before, you know, it's, it's a sweeping statement, but it's a true one. And all that means to me is there's an opportunity for people who actually do know what they're doing to rise up above the rest. There's so much crap out there. It's possible to float to the top. That said, you know, we, I think it's tough for me because we offer so many different ways of engaging us. Like I think that as a company, you know, whether we're talking about content marketing or the other services that metonymy offers, it's still all about brand. It's still all about communication. It's still all about getting that story out there, engaging with someone, doing something with the written word or, or some component of the written word. And so, you know, there's, we've worked with very, very large companies and we've worked with very, very small companies and, you know, we've been successful for all of them. So in, in a way I need to compartmentalize the way I think about it, but like, with content marketing, with our approach to it anyway, there are smaller companies we've worked with where we are the only advertising and marketing solution they're going with. So I think that there's like, you know, depending on what the brand is and what you're trying to accomplish and what your budget is, there content marketing can be one piece of a much bigger marketing and advertising and sales machine for a large corporation. But for some brands, you know, just getting people in your website, getting people thinking the way you want them to, finding people organically through search and social, uh, making sure to get yourself in front of them through email. A lot of the things that are little components of content marketing are nothing new. They've been happening for years. So there's a way that like because we're so low overhead and because we're so focused that we can be a good solution for small companies, even if it's the only thing they're doing. What makes for a good business-oriented storyteller? Having a Master of Fine Arts in in creative writing doesn't mean you're going to be ideal for a role in a company like yours. So what do you look for? Um, I don't know if that's true. I think think you're right to an extent. I mean, writers are a weird bunch of people. (laughs) You know, like as anyone who willfully throws away years of their life and hundreds of thousands of dollars potentially to get a degree in how to tell a story is got to be crazy on some level. But I mean, some of these people that I've talked to that have, have looked for work with me, and I, mean, I don't mean any offense because I love these people, I am one of these people, they're crazy. They're absolutely crazy. They they get hung up on things that have nothing to do with, with the day-to-day work. Sometimes you find people that um, 
you know, we're a pretty open culture. Uh, if people need to write from a coffee shop or home to be productive, they can. If people, I mean, we don't have vacation, like set, a set number of vacation days. We don't have a lot of things. We have only the amount of rules and restrictions that past experience has proven we need. And we kind of evolve our, our rules and our regulations to that end. The, the skills that someone gets as a writer um, in, in the workforce as a whole, right? Like I'm not talking about a journalist because a journalist has a very specific set of skills to do a very specific job. Creative writer is like the softest degree you can get. It's a humanities degree where you study literature and you learn how to write. And, and you might learn to be the best writer that you can possibly be, but that writing might not be someone's cup of tea. You might just not be good enough to have mass broad appeal the way that the industry is going even if you could get an agent that doesn't mean you're going to get published and if you get published it doesn't mean you're going to sell it's a very tricky field to get into that said i think that the skills that you gain in that education um are exactly what businesses need people ask me have you ever written for a lawyer before have you written for this before when we're prospecting with them and I, I immediately shut that down and say, it doesn't matter even a little bit if we've ever written for you before. Because if I'm sitting down and I'm getting ready to write a novel and it needs to take place in a hospital and I've never been a doctor or a pregnant woman or a guy that shot a pregnant woman, I need to figure out how to be all three of those people in that story. <laughs> what story are you writing, work. dude? Jeez. It's creativity. It's you know whatever pops into the noggin there. But like, you know. Being a convincing liar, uh, being a genuine convincing liar in your written style, that's what that's what a, a, a someone with a degree in writing has. And when you go to a business who wants to communicate with people, it's it's just not feasible in my mind to have the in-house people who are actually doing the things that the company does that they sell, that they make a living on, spending their time also writing content. They have expertise. They have experience and perspective, but they don't have the skills to sit down and, and, and engage people. So if, if there's a, a say, mid-level marketing manager at a, at a medium to large size company who understands the power of online, understands the power of digital, understands the power of content, but has to sell it up the ladder, whether they're going to create a team in-house or contract with an agency to do it for us specifically. And that's all I can speak to is my experience here. We look to look for companies who have that person as a champion who understands what the, what the opportunity is and what content can do for them and knows that, look, we have a lot of these things figured out, but what we really need more than anything is a solution. That's going to really make sure that our approach is sound and that the written content is, is what it needs to be. Um, we need someone that can help us really think through what is our messaging, what is our, what are we doing? We need someone who can, who can put together editorial calendars, who can write to them, who can help us figure out what technology tools we need to publish that content, whether it's on our own blog or on a website or on social media, who understand the promotion side of things and using these tools to get the content to the right people. So on the flip side, and whether it is or isn't possible, if you have one of these lifestyle small businesses that we talked about earlier, and they say, all right, you know what? I'm going to start blogging, and I'm going to start with something. What mindset do they have to be in? What are, what are the, the low-hanging fruit tips for that entrepreneur, that entrepreneurial spirit maybe, even in an older organization that's saying, I want to embrace this? How do they get started? They're going to do it on their own. They're a fairly proficient writer. What, what, what skills do they need to have? What do they need to learn 
what do they need to look for in terms of process? I think the biggest thing that person can do to be successful, because I don't think you, I, I don't think the only way you can be successful with content marketing is to hire an agency of specialists. Oh, and I, I agree with that too. Right? Yeah. I'll tell people. But that I think that what you need that that those agencies have that individuals don't is a process. You need something objective to bring to the table. And so what I tell people is, if you're going to get started blogging and you just want some help, some advice on how do I make sure what I do is effective? It's it's take a step back from the individual articles themselves and ask yourself, what am I trying to do as a business? What am I actually trying to accomplish? And too often the answer is more sales, but that's way too broad of an answer. It's more sales from who, selling what, under what conditions, like who are the exact people that you're not reaching through whatever way you sell the rest of your stuff. You need to look at a blog post or an email newsletter or a Facebook update as one part of a much greater strategy. And I think if someone can take the step back before they publish a single blog post, um, and this is something that we teach in our blog writing workshop, for example, and ask themselves, who are my different audiences? Um, what makes them similar? What makes them different? Um, and on a blog, I know, okay, a blog is something that 99% of the, like no one's going to go to my website and click blog and go read the blog post on my blog reel. Nobody does that. Right. What, what someone's going to do is they're going to find your blog by searching for something that you have an answer for on Google, or you're going to advertise and promote that content on social and they're going to see it that way. So, you know, with the blog, for an example, you have a freedom to not have to be all things to all people. You can get very specific, very niche with something. But if you get really niche by saying, you know, I, I sell these widgets and I'm going to talk to like that audience prospect group I have that really only has 20 people in it, that's great. Do it with your blog post. But ask yourself, how does that blog post connect back to the widget as a whole? How does the individual piece of content I'm publishing, once someone reads it, how does it get them into my funnel? What is the next step for that person? Am I making it as easy as possible for them to dig deeper if they want to, to find their way to something that's a little bit broader, that speaks on a more universal level to my value as a company or my value as a service or a product or whatever? Um, just think through that. That's that's really the biggest skill set I have is learn how to be a lot more uh, calculating with every piece of content you write. Um, and then beyond that, you know, it's it's just sitting down and, and doing a little bit of research into whatever whatever you're doing. Like if you're getting ready to blog, um, do some research as far as what are the common structures that a blog might fit into. You know, that that tend to work the, the best. You know, in your industry, should you use a lot of headlines or your stupid numbered lists, things that are successful? Where does the call to action go, and how much of a hard sell do you want to do, depending on what you're selling? These are things that I think are worth researching. Um, and once we do that, and if you're a pretty good writer and you can make sure that you, you can check off, yes, this, this post, uh, it fits a pretty standard blog structure. And yes, there's a call to action where it should be. And yes, this links to a landing page that is going to give people more information. And yes, there's an email sign up here. Then, yeah, you're probably going to be at least remotely successful. Well, right. And that's something where it's not it's getting a lot of little things right all the time. And yes, you can do that yourself. Yes, you can learn it. But I guess this is where the, the cell comes in for a firm like yours or mine uh where it just takes time to do all that it takes time to learn how to configure a mailchimp account and then you want to get retargeting pixels on there and you got to do keyword research and it takes a lot of little things to get right all the time and sure you can do it by yourself but do you have the time and in most cases no you don't and i think that's the value yeah, add for an agency with that takes an approach like that 
And I think that the problem there too, I mean, uh, to answer your question, but then to jump on and say, this is why I still think ultimately you should hire someone. To do <laughs> I like that. Thing, yeah. Right. <laughs> is let's say you've gotten your brain working right. And you have enough time in your day when you have another job to do, this isn't your job. You have something else to do. You're doing this as well. You've taken the time to do the research and really understand who your audience is and what mediums they're using and what messages to give them. And you've done keyword research and you've done what you said. You've, you've put the, uh, the, the remarketing pixels for your Facebook stuff, or you've set up your MailChimp account properly. Now you have a blank screen. Like you, that is to me and you, that's a foregone conclusion that, yeah, once you do all that, you sit down and you write your blog post. But even if you know you're going to write a top 10 list about why your sprocket is better than someone else's, that's not always something that's easy for people to do, especially if you're not experienced with writing. If you don't do it very often, it might take you significantly longer to write that piece of content than you think it will. So there's both the, the like analytical left brain side of things, uh, getting it all set up and figured out. And there's the right brain side of things. And depending on your skill set, one or both might take a really long time. And it, that's something that gets really unwieldy really quickly. Ryan Brock, founder and CEO of Metonymy Media. If somebody, I don't know, wants to work with a firm in Indianapolis, how do they get a hold of you? Uh, go to metonymymedia.com. Uh, good luck spelling that. No, it's uh, M-E-T-O-N-Y-M-Y. -Y. I'm sure it's going to be on the bottom of the screen or something like that. It's audio, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll spell it out. We'll link to you. Yeah, <laughs> dot com. Um, you can look us up on Twitter, Facebook, uh, our websites. Um, yeah, that's probably the best way. Or you can just uh, shoot me an email, ryan at metonymymedia.com, and I'll, I'll talk to you. Ryan Brock, thank you for the time today. Look forward to talking to you in the future.